Welcome to Talking About Pigs with SMEC, a podcast where individuals from the Swine Medicine Education Center, or SMEC, discuss swine health topics over coffee. I'm Dr. Meredith Peterson. I'm a veterinarian and postdoc with SMEC, and today we also have Dr. Justin Brown. Good morning. Good morning. I am uh, Justin Brown. As Dr. Peterson said, I'm a veterinarian um, on faculty here at Iowa State University. Awesome. Thank you for joining today. Yeah. Um, so a little overview. We are a producer-focused podcast, so each episode we focus on a different swine health topic of interest for pork producers. We gather current literature, current resources on the topic, um, and then boil them down and connect them to you, the, the pork producers. So the resources that we refer to within the podcast can be found in the podcast notes linked with the podcast. If you have trouble accessing any of these resources, please feel free to email us at isusmec at iastate.edu. And that email address is in the podcast notes as well. So today's topic is African swine fever and kind of a current update on um, research for African swine fever. This podcast is being recorded in May of 2022. So if you're listening to it at a later time, uh, there may be some updates in, in the research. So just, just a little disclaimer there that we're recording this in May of 2022. Um, look to your state and federal animal health officials for any updates post May. So I'll just cover a little bit about the current outbreaks and ASF overview, and then we'll roll into some recent publications and news updates. So um, as you're all probably aware, uh, ASF, African swine fever, was detected on the island of Hispaniola, which is the Dominican Republic in Haiti, um, last summer, back in 2021. And after that, the USDA set up a protection zone in Puerto Rico in the U.S. Virgin Islands um, through the OIE or the World Organization of Animal Health um, because Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands are territories of the United States. So if it was to be detected there, the U.S. at that point would be positive. But by isolating it to that protection zone, uh, we can keep um, some business continuity um, within our swine production. Outbreaks continue to occur through Eastern Europe uh, and Southeast Asia um, pretty rampantly. Um, so that situation, especially in Southeast Asia, is constantly evolving. Um, and there's a lot of resources focused in that area on ASF currently. So you as producers, um, there is a potential risk for introduction into your herds, right? So you always want to be on the lookout for signs and symptoms that could be associated with African swine fever. Um, so some things you want to look out for would be a high fever, um, decreased appetite and feed intake. Um, if you see red blotchy skin lesions, diarrhea, vomiting, coughing, um, or respiratory distress um, could all be signs of ASF. And you're probably thinking to yourself, well, wow, doc, that sounds just about like everything else I see in my barn. Uh, and that's because it does. It looks like a lot of the endemic pathogens or diseases that we currently have in the U.S. Um, so just paying close attention to clinical signs and not being afraid to throw the flag when something looks different or abnormal to you uh, and informing your veterinarian is the best course of action. So when you see any of those signs, um, report those to your veterinarian. Uh, you can also prepare um, by participating in your state's secure pork supply plan. Uh, you can work with your veterinarian to get more information on that um, or visit securepork.org um, and find some more information there um, that you could then take to your veterinarian to, 
um, ask questions and be better prepared. Another newer resource um, that you could do is to become a certified swine sample collector. Again, you can follow up with your veterinarian about that. That would basically allow um, the state animal health official, the state veterinarian in your state to call upon you to help uh, collect samples in a time of need if African swine fever um, was to get into the U.S. Um, and then always just working to enhance your own farm biosecurity. So little things we can do every day um, to help keep out African swine fever and even our endemic pathogens um, that'll also help us gain control in the event of a ASF outbreak in the country. For sure. So <clears throat> we'll kind of move into some current research, which will be our focus for today. So Dr. Brown and I have brought together some research articles and news articles on ASF uh, to share kind of where research e efforts are focused right now and how they might be helpful to you as a producer. So the first article that I brought was published in BMC Veterinary Research Journal in March of this year, um, that's 2022, that used a statistical model to estimate the time to detection of ASF via clinical signs based on severity. So what this did is detected moderately virulent ASF in finishing herds um, using this stochastic disease transmission model. So what that means is they looked at um, how long it may take us to detect ASF in kind of a moderately pathogenic or not as severe um, case of ASF. So the study found that it may take two weeks or longer to detect ASF in finisher swine herds, and that's detection through mild clinical signs or increased mortality beyond what we routinely expect. So there's some level of mortality that we see from some of our endemic diseases, um, but this would be mortality ticking above that. A key factor contributing to the extended time is the long latency period for individual pig. Um, so what that means is when a pig gets infected with ASF, it takes some time, sometimes over a week, to show clinical signs consistent with ASF. So they can be infected quite a bit prior to when we'd see clinical signs. So that can reduce our ability to detect early. So really what's uh, important here is that there's a balance between early detection and excessive false triggers. So if we, like Dr. Brown said, a lot of the signs and symptoms of ASF are very similar to what we see in our endemic pathogens. Um, so we kind of need to balance whether or not we detect ASF early or how many false alarms we have. Um, so it's really important in my opinion that it's better to have a false alarm than to miss it for a long time. Absolutely. Um, so kind of key takeaway there is just to be vigilant and pay attention. If your pigs seem off, don't be afraid to wave the flag. No one's gonna be upset. You won't be in trouble by the state animal health officials or the state vet's office. Um, they'll, be, they'll be happy to, uh, to prove that you don't have ASF if that's the case. And if it were the case that um, ASF or really any, any foreign animal disease was there, detecting early is going to be really important for getting rid of it. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's a really good point too, that it might take two weeks or longer to detect, right? Because I think the perception is we're going to get African swine fever into a group of pigs and it's going to spread like wildfire. Things are going to look different. A lot of dead pigs really fast. And that's just not always the case, right? Depending on what strain gets in. Um, the next article we want to mention to you uh, was an article that came out back in February of this year of 2022 in the Journal of Pathogens. 
led by Dr. Karen Havis from the Pipestone Group. Um, and it was an assessment of diagnostic assays and different sample types to detect African swine fever in pigs in Europe over a three-month period. And so they actually used a attenuated ASF virus. And so um, those attenuated strains of ASF have been reported in Africa, Europe, and Asia. Um, but few studies have investigated the detection of those. And really what those are is they've changed in some way where they're not as virulent anymore. Um, they might help induce an immune system, kind of like an attenuated vaccine virus that we use, right? So something like a PERS MLV. And so in this study, they inoculated a couple groups of pigs um, with the attenuated ASF virus. And uh, the second group of pigs was also inoculated with a PERS MLV vaccine. And then they collected various samples from these animals over a 93-day period after they were inoculated, so a little over three months. And when they collected those samples, um, they did PCR to detect the virus, right? So polymerase chain reactions, um, looking to actually detect what viral particles were there. And in group one, um, detection was highest in the blood and oral fluid with the highest detection in the blood not until day eight post-infection out to day 21. So you had about a week lag time there, eight day lag time for detection. And in oral fluids, um, they were able to detect those earlier though. So from day one to day seven. So it seemed like oral fluids might be a somewhat better sample for early detection in those pigs. And then group two, the group that was also infected with the PERS modified live vaccine, their findings weren't significantly different from group one, but detection rates overall were lower. So not statistically different, but it may show us that co-infection uh, with PERS might affect our ability to detect that uh, virus. So that'd be one of the take homes from there. Um, another take home, if we do detect any foreign animal disease in our U.S. swine herd, the ability to rapidly diagnose and test them is going to be super important, right? So uh, work with your vet to make sure you're up to date with your what testing methods are available and they're up to speed on those. And also the potential to become a certified swine sample collector so that you're skilled on um, what sample types can be collected and how they're collected and can help collect those in the time of need. Yeah, I think it's great too to see some some research coming out on the different sample types and detect detection methods, particularly with oral fluids, having a sample that could detect earlier potentially would be fantastic. Yeah. So the next article um, is actually a news article from SwineWeb. It was published in February of 2022 and it talked about a risk assessment tool for ASF. So Dr. Paul Ebner, who's a professor at Purdue, developed a tool called BioPORC RD for farmers to conduct self-assessments of the risk of ASF coming to their farm. So basically what this is, is a um, kind of like a survey that walks you through your biosecurity practices so you can better understand where you maybe could improve your biosecurity or what could make you more biosecure and, and able to prevent infection with any disease, not just ASF. But what's cool about this is BioPork RD has been shared with pork producers in the Dominican, uh, the Dominican Republic, after ASF was found there to allow them to evaluate their biosecurity practices. So it's cool to see something be implemented um, and kind of in use in a country with ASF 
so quickly. In the article, you can uh, there's a link that you can get to the BioPORC RD website and walk through the risk assessment survey to understand where there may be gaps in your biosecurity. So kind of a takeaway here is that there are tools developed for evaluating your biosecurity, and it could be helpful to understand maybe some areas on your farm that your biosecurity is lacking that you didn't, didn't think of or didn't know of. So use these tools. Um, another good option is the Secure Pork Supply Plan for your particular state. Kind of goes through similar checklist of biosecurity items um, and really a good, good process to go through to understand where you maybe could make some small adjustments and, and really help protect your pigs from, from disease a little bit better. For sure. Biosecurity, sometimes the smallest things make a really big impact. Definitely need to focus on that as an industry as a whole. The next uh, topic we wanted to cover um, kind of an extension of the news that came out in 2021 about the ASF vaccine candidate that was available. Towards the end of April, uh, there was an announcement that came out where they have um, the USDA Agriculture Research Service has looked into the safety of that vaccine. Um, and through a study done by Tran et al. has shown that the vaccine uh, is safe in different breeds of pigs using this recent ASF isolate. Um, just to recap a little bit back from the announcement in October of 2021 um, that the ASF vaccine was shown to prevent and effectively protect uh, European and Asian breeds of swine against the currently circulating Asian strain of the virus. And so it was a really big step forward um, on the vaccine development front for ASF because for so long we haven't been able to have an effective vaccine to protect pigs from infection and clinical disease. So this was really promising and now they've gone through some more trials and studies um, to show that it's actually safe. Um, and so they did various studies um, within this one publication that came out in viruses in April of 2022. Um, they looked at shedding patterns over time, and then they looked at if they vaccinated <laughs> pigs and mixed them with naive pigs. So pigs that haven't been exposed to the virus at all um, or the vaccine, could they find the virus in those animals? And they could. So they showed that it sheds, which is okay. We see that with PERS vaccines to modify live PERS vaccines. They shed around. Um, but those animals never became clinically sick. And then the other side of that, they also wanted to make sure that there was no risk of the ASF vaccine reverting to virulence um, once it was administered to pigs. So the way that the vaccine was developed, um, they actually knocked out a portion of the genome um, of that virus's DNA that would make it really difficult for the virus to put that back in. And what they showed in these studies is through um, serial passage. So what I mean by that is they put the vaccine into a group of pigs, actually the first two group of pigs, they collected blood samples from those and then passed that on to groups three, four, and five to sequentially to see how or if there might be any effects to the vaccine by doing that and could the um, vaccine return to virulence and they didn't show any of that. So even though it was expected that that wouldn't occur in the first place, we still have to do the studies to show that efficacy. This live attenuated vaccine uh, can really play an important role in controlling uh, the out ongoing outbreaks um, th threatening the global pork supply, um, especially in Vietnam and Southeast Asia. 
And so the research is going to continue to determine the safety and efficacy under commercial production conditions and with the commercial vaccine partner. So not sure I'm pronouncing this acronym right, but Navetco, which is the National Veterinary uh, Joint Stock Company, they're going to get involved with that as well to help take this on to the next steps of the approval process for it to become commercially available. Although currently in the United States, we don't have an available ASF vaccine. This research is really promising, continues to develop in an exciting and promising manner so that we might have something in the future if ASF ever does get to the U.S. But um, kind of going back to what Dr. Peterson was mentioning a second ago um, with her topic she covered is biosecurity is really the best bet we have right now. So just being able to keep it out of our farms, keep it out of our pigs, and that way the more time that we have to prepare for when ASF does get here, the better we'll be to respond to that incursion. Yeah, keeping it out long enough until we have a, a suitable vaccine would be a big a big benefit to the U.S. swine herd, oh, yeah. I think. Yep. Yep. So kind of in summary, um, ASF continues to spread globally, which just increases the pressure on the U.S. swine herd. So more ASF in other places in the world, there's more virus, more chances for virus to get to the United States and get into the pigs. So we do have ways to prepare, um, particularly the secure pork supply plan in your state. Going through that exercise will really help you identify areas to improve your biosecurity, as well as the uh, certified swine sample collector program. So you can talk with your veterinarian to get started on either of those, uh, but they're really good ways to prepare for not just ASF, but any foreign animal disease outbreak. And then, like we've said all along, is the, the key focus right now is biosecurity. Uh, the worst thing this will do right now is just keep our endemic pathogens out of your barn. So there's really no downside to bolstering your biosecurity. So we don't have um, foreign animal disease currently, but it can help can help with the diseases we do see all the time, and that that we uh, you are you're no stranger to seeing in your barns. And then make sure you raise the flag if pigs are sick. So it's much more important to have a false alarm than miss miss a foreign animal disease. So just pay attention if something seems off in your barn or with your pigs, call your vet. They can they can help you walk through that and contact the state vet if needed. As we've talked about, most of the discussed resources and summaries can be found in the podcast notes linked to the podcast. If you have trouble accessing, please feel free to email us at isusmec.com at iastate.edu. Thank you so much for listening. Please share and watch for our next episode. Uh, We'll discuss other swine health topics of interest. So hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening. And thanks, Dr. Brown, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. A special thank you to Iowa Pork Producers Association for making this podcast possible through their sponsorship. Mm